0: It's Illum Group's Andrea Lay. Views Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Shree, And I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom. And I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. i be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CBG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th. And it's time for the fresh four, four curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. we brought to you through our partnership with RetailWit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news. RetailWit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Sri. In
1: case you're wondering what this background is I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media, as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization of their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding off this is set by Sara Marzano, principal analyst and e-marketer, who advertises the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that will hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea.
0: Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa.
2: Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect an in-store retail media network powered by quad graphics. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners. Throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all of the SaveMart companies' approximately 200 stores. This is SaveMart's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own
0: retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats partnership for alcohol delivery. Eight states, nearly a thousand Right Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailer's expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of Legal Drinking Aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote: Our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience that complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the fresh for now. On to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Shree Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Shri and Peter. Hey everyone, welcome to the CPG Guys podcast. I'm PBSB, one of the aforementioned CPG Guys, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the New York Yankees fan. Living in the shadow of Dodger Stadium out in La La Land. It's Sri. Sri, hey, how you doing, brother? We're, you know, it's baseball season. We're getting ready to go out to the ballpark, eat some Dodger dogs. I know you and I are going to see a baseball game together next week. How you doing? I'm just excited that let's
1: play ball. But more important than baseball, Peter, something else happened. What else? A couple of days ago. Fetch Rewards was in the news. And what is it, Peter.
0: Oh, yeah. So, okay. Everybody knows that when I'm not out here podcasting, I am leading business to business strategy for Fetch Rewards, a mobile loyalty platform. This week, we announced a new round of funding to the tune of mm, $240 million. That brings our total fundraising to almost $500 million. Uh, we have a couple notable, thank you. We have a couple notable new investors, Hamilton Lane. And some strategic partners I really want to call out. One is Univision. They are tremendous marketers in the Hispanic space. You may have known that Fetch has recently released an Hispanic version of our mobile app. So, for people of various levels of acculturation, it's going to be really helpful for them to be part of the Fetch community, saving money. And, second of all, we announced a strategic investment partnership with Nielsen IQ. You know, our friends. Liz Buchanan, Natalie Williams, Harvey Maw from Nielsen IQ, they've been on the podcast in the past. They are going to be a tremendous help in us organizing our data, uh, making it more meaningful to all sorts of consumer packaged goods brands. And also uh, our data is going to help supercharge a lot of their solutions, make them really uh, a powerful data asset around customer shopper insights that will improve measurement and insights in the CPG retail space. So really excited. Great time to be at FetchWords. Thank you for asking about that, Shereen. A reminder, audience, that all of our content can be found by visiting cpgguys.com. We've got links to all of our podcasts, links to our social media accounts, and also a link to a whole bunch of podcasts that we like to listen to when we don't listen to ourselves talk. Just go to cpgguys.com. It's all free. And also, the best way to keep in touch with the community we're creating is go to LinkedIn, open up your mobile app, which is what most people do now. Or if you're on a desktop, go to the browser and type in linkedin.com. When you get to LinkedIn in the search box, just enter CPG guys. We get to our page. There's a blue follow button at the top. Click follow. That way you'll be privy to all the great content that we are creating. It's absolutely free. Please make sure to do so. And you're probably also aware, if you are a frequent listener to this podcast, that we have a partnership with NextUp, formerly known as Network of Executive Women. Their mission is to advance all women in business and promote the issue of gender equality. In the middle of every Wednesday podcast episode, we embed some news about NextUp, and it really focuses around different webinars, local events, everything that has to do with this community of 14,000-plus members. So make sure that you do that. And also, please do listen to the Next Up podcast. It's called Advancing All Women. In fact, Shri and I were the guests on the podcast uh, just today. So very excited, and you can listen to them as well. So do turn in and listen. And speaking of other podcasts, we also have a sister podcast called the FMCG Guys. It's hosted by our dear friends, Daniel and a friend. It's over in Europe. They take the CPG Guys format and they apply it to the European community. They invite on fast-moving consumer goods and retail industry luminaries to talk about all things FMCG across the pond. All right. Now on to why we're here today. Um, we're back at it with data analytics, which is really the home turf and domain of both Shri and me. We've said many times before that data is one of the most valuable commodities in consumer packaged goods. And when converted into actual insights, it really is the game changer for brand equity growth. We've had others on this show in earlier episodes talk about the role of data and how the future of insights will be shaped by scale and speed. So we've partnered in two-part series with The Math Company, a modern hybrid consulting firm that builds custom AI applications for enterprises. Its consulting model addresses pressing gaps in conventional analytics service providers and off-the-shelf product models, including the lack of speed, reusability, and customization. You may remember the first episode that we partnered with The Math Company was featured back on January 8th of this year. Today's episode two is with Prajwal Revanissidhapab, the math company's head of delivery, and a special guest, Silvana Dimitrov, Revenue Management Director at the Carlsberg Group, one of the leading brewery groups in the world. Please join Shri and me in welcoming both to the CPG Guys podcast. Prajwal, Silvana, how are you doing today?
2: Hi, Peter. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here.
3: Prajwal? Hi Peter, I'm doing very well. Thank you. I've listened to a lot of podcasts from the CPG guys, and today I'm on the other side of the table, so pretty excited uh, for the day.
0: Well, thank you. We're excited to have both of you talking with us today, because as we I mentioned in the in the opening, you know, data and insights are my background. I spent nine years at IRI, four at Dunhumby, and three at CVS, and that was the core component of our ability to both learn and activate again. So I can't wait to talk to you today. Hey, Prajwal, before we get to the questions that Shri and I have prepared for you, would you uh, first tell us a little bit about, one, where people who are interested in learning more about the math company can go online and find out about your business? And then tell us a little brief overview of really how your company is positioned to help your clients grow their businesses.
3: Sure, Peter. Um, in fact, the best way to understand the math company is to either work with us as customer or join us as employees. That is the best way you can understand. For people outside of that, uh, we have a very well-crafted website. We are putting a lot of thought uh, in making sure we give the right message, the right granularity. So if people can log into www.themathcompany.com, they get to know about us, what we have done so far, about some of the interesting work that we have done. We also have our proprietary AI ML platform called Codex. Uh, To get to know more about our platform and application, they can log in to www.codex.ai. At Math Company, we've always believed in um, enabling our customer in building long-term capability. Uh, That is what we've been doing for the last five years. Uh, We want our customers to to focus on driving innovation in their core business that that they do. And we enable our customers by taking, by making simplified decisions at speed, that is of uh, uh, essence here. We are all problem solvers at heart. That is what we like to do. Uh, and we want to do that at scale. In order to do this, we have brought together a unique offering of experts as well as assets so that we can drive enterprise value much faster. We work with over, for, over 50 Fortune 500 organizations spread across United States and Europe primarily. And while we work with them, we adopt a full-stack philosophy to solve business problem. And we solve problems across the areas of supply chain, revenue management, marketing, customer intelligence, to name a few. A lot of people ask me, what is unique about the math company? Why are we special? Uh, why have we grown so much? I like to believe that uh, there are three principles that we focus quite a lot on. One is how do you drive enterprise value? And I'm emphasizing on enterprise value, not standalone value because a lot of companies solve one, two, three unique problems in isolation and they expect to move the needle. That is not going to really work in the practical world that we live in. In order to to move the needle, we have to solve a lot of problems within enterprise and we have to solve these problems across the value chain in pricing, supply chain, marketing, assortment, we have to be able to cause an impact across the entire value chain. This is when we we will be able to partner with them holistically as well as drive huge amount of value for our customers. The second important principle is speed is of essence. At the rate at which things are changing, we cannot be moving very slow. And honestly speaking Peter, a lot of problems we are trying to solve today are not very new. These are problems that companies have been trying to solve for the last decade or so. How do you price your product? What kind of a promotion do you give? The trick is, can we solve this problem faster and better with newer technology, newer data, and newer challenges that are coming in? In order to achieve this, we have developed assets that gives us the ability to do the same solution two to three times faster than some of our competitors. That is because we don't start from scratch, We leveraged some of the pre-built assets along with the experts who built them, which will bring in the right context and events and speed. The third principle, which is very important is, ability to do this at scale. We know how CPG companies operate. We have thousands of products, operating in hundreds of market, and there are billions of customers. We can't be solving problem for each and every product, each and every market. We have to have the ability to scale. And this has to happen when we are designing the solution itself. This is something that we have created as part of our full-stack philosophy so that our assets, when they are integrated in the customer environment, they are able to scale to all capabilities across all the market.
0: Rajwal, thank you for that overview of the fundamentals behind what the math company is trying to do in the industry. Hey, Silvana, would love to hear from you a little bit about the role that you play at Carlsberg. Our audience should hopefully know the Carlsberg Group is a major global uh, brewery organization, but would love to hear from you what you're doing in revenue growth management.
2: Thank you, Peter. Uh, My journey in revenue management started about nine years ago uh, when I was back in South Africa with Seb Miller or the then called Seb Miller. I'm now based in Hong Kong, looking after revenue management for Asia region, for Carlsberg which is the growth engine for Carlsberg. And it was nine years back that I actually made a transition from commercial finance and trade marketing to revenue management with Seb Miller. And uh, I first started focusing on embedding revenue management in South Africa, which was an important profit pool for the company. And our focus was ra- largely on driving double-digit revenue growth in a very mature beer market where we had to get more sophisticated around price pack architecture and assortment and mix since price had actually been exhausted and overused as a revenue growth lever. I then took on a regional role in Africa, which was very exciting, but also very ad hoc in terms of approach and very demanding as well, because we didn't have the resources in markets. So Carlsberg Asia had been running in a very similar way. So more consultant type project-based approach. My challenge when I took on the Carlsberg Asia revenue management role was to lead the transition out of the project-based approach into embedding revenue management in the markets so that the work actually happens ongoing systematic basis. And at the same time we build capabilities across the broader commercial leadership team. So we were building both foundational RGM capabilities and setting up the function and resourcing with people and tools whilst building RGM capabilities with the commercial team. We created a foundational startup RGM playbook together with a meth company For markets that are actually just starting on the RGM journey and our approach globally after that was focusing on one lever at a time using a codified cross-functional process to ensure embedment in markets. We are now a few years in and I can comfortably say that we have a few of the RGM levers well embedded into the commercial planning process and mindset in the organization And my vision for revenue growth management is that we get to the highest level of capabilities with a tech-enabled organization to deliver solid revenue growth as per Carlsberg's Cell 27 strategy.
0: Wow, that's terrific, Silvana. Understanding that leveraging digital machine-learn, AI-based capabilities are all going to allow your organization to reach its growth objectives is tremendous. Prajwal, I would love to hear from your perspective how the math company came about to work with the Carlsberg Group and kind of what is the nature of the work that you're doing to help them with their revenue growth management objectives?
3: So the journey goes like this. Um, When we started around five to six years back, of course, we did not have a very big brand. We are starting new. Uh, But one thing that worked in our favor was, including myself and some of the co-founders, we had spent a lot of our time in the CPG space, solving numerous business problems, drawing connections, generating enterprise value to our customers. So this helped us showcase our capability to some of the potential customers, and we got entry into a few organizations. We were lucky, fortunate enough that uh, one of our early customers was a very big CPG brand in the beverage space, and they were planning to start an analytics center of excellence back in India. So we work with them, we partnered with them to build the entire analytics capability as part of which we worked on a, a three year, five year analytics roadmap. What kind of capabilities do you build? How do you bring all the markets together so that decisions are not taken in isolation? How do you draw connections between decisions so that they are not overlapping and impacting each other? While we built this capability and executed these solutions as independent modules? That is when the idea of developing a suite came to us. While there are so many decisions that are interconnected, why not create a suite of applications or a suite of solutions that can be packaged as a wholesome capability? Incidentally, uh, Silvana was touring India, meeting a lot of companies to figure out who is the right partner to collaborate with. And she came down to our office. Uh, She saw what we had built in the math company, our expertise, our point of view on how we are approaching, the RGM space, and uh, she explained her vision, which kind of resonated very well with what we were thinking of building. That was a motivation factor for us to work together. And through this journey, in fact, Silvana has influenced a lot of applications that we have built and the connections between them.
1: Silvana, pleasure meeting you and chatting with you. You, of course, have spent several years with the Kalsberg Group and an expert in CPG. Why is revenue growth management, or RGM, a suite of products crucial to CPG organizations. And why do you think that the math company of all vendors was the right company to help you achieve those RGM goals for Carlsberg?
2: Hi, Sri. So RGM is not a new function, and thankfully, we no longer have to justify the existence of resourcing for it. However, what makes companies stand out is their deployments of revenue growth management. And by that, I mean looking at RGM through two lenses, if you want to call it that way. So how well it is embedded. So I, for example, systemic approach versus project-based approach and whether it's seen as a capability or a function or both. And for me, it's actually both. The companies that stand out in terms of doing RGM well are the ones that have it well embedded in your organization, both as a commercial capability and function. And the work is happening in markets on an ongoing systemic basis. These companies plan for RGM work, they do the work, and they measure the results. And if there ever was a burning platform for RGM, the time is now. We have seen unprecedented cost price increases in the past year, and very high cost price inflation will be the name of the game for at least another year or a year and a half. Most of the big CPG companies are seeing twofold increase in the cost to sales ratio, Margins are being impacted, and they are left with no choice but to take price increase and to pass it on to retailers and consumers. And this high pricing of CPG products is actually driving the food retail inflation we're starting to see in the U.S. and Europe, and to some extent in Asia, but more economic shocks are definitely to come. And we will see a lot more of that after the war in Ukraine. However, not everyone can just pass on price increase without seeing category growth being impacted. So the more price-sensitive categories, and beer is one of them, can't afford to pass 100% of the cost increase to consumers. So these companies need to dig deep into the RGM levers to protect margins. We need to consider price promotions optimization and trading terms reduction, or at least move even more from fixed to variable terms linked to top-line growth and other efficiency drivers. We can't afford to be complacent. Our work or Carlsberg's work with the math company started four years ago after I spent two weeks in India, as Prajwal said, touring. He said touring. I would say I was looking for analytics partner. And Asia is at the forefront of analytics, and I knew very well that we were in the right place. What I have enjoyed about working with the math co is their energy and enthusiasm, experience with analytics in the RGM space with other CPG companies, which became very obvious to us. Their holistic approach to RGM, so they don't just specialize in one area like a lot of other companies. For example, they do trade promotion management, and that's it. And also, they focus on long-term strategic roadmap. So we have since done price elasticity work in markets. We have developed the RGM foundational playbook. We have done training for both RGM experts as well as the commercial teams. And we are now working in developing advanced analytics for Carlsberg using Codex. Codex is a modular AI-based analytics across the RGM levers, which is scalable to more markets and there's no software involved. So all the technology is on but Technology.
1: Silvana, thank you for being one of the first that came on the show and called RGM not just a capability. Because in these days, as you've rightly pointed out with inflation, without RGM, how could pricing be objective? And I feel it's the RGM levers and the dis- Companies that have the discipline of RGM built in, clearly like Carlsberg in partnership with the Mad Company. Congratulations to the both of you also for a four-year partnership, right? Those that run the marathon on this with analytics are going to be the winners. And sounds like that's what the two two of you are doing. But I'm really, really, really tickled and happy that you called it not just a capability because I still fear in the industry most think of RGM as a capability. But I do not know how people get through inflation without being objective if RGM didn't ex- exist. I see that as the objectivity driver. So, prajwal back to the partnership, right? So, it's been four years and um, how fast in those four years or let's say any partnership that you have with your clients and brands that you work with, do people start getting the value from the partnership and then take us to an example of the journey of a partnership leveraging your codex solution that you put out in the market?
3: I want to explain codecs also in a way. There are a lot of products in the world uh, which are off the shelf, you pick it up, you deploy it in your environment uh, and you start seeing some output. They go with speed because from day one you can start seeing some output and that's companies like it. The problem is incremental value over time starts decreasing, primarily because the product is not adaptable to the company requirement. As the context changes, as the data changes, a lot of these products struggle to cope up with the change. The alternate when companies go for pure services, yes, you get 100% customization, you get 100% support. As things change, you can also evolve. But the problem is it takes a lot of time to see value. And in some cases, it might even turn into few months and quarters, and by that time, business practice, it might change. In order to bridge this gap is how the idea of Codex was born. So Codex is not necessarily a single product, it is a platform or it's an application builder on which anybody can use the pre-built modularized assets and, and they can customize any application that they want to. It's as simple as a plug-in play that you can pick up and build your own application and start delivering value. If you take a simple example, let's say you get your sales data and you plug into Codex. The moment you draw a simple data pipeline and connect it to that, you can start seeing all the descriptive statistics. What is happening? Where is my sales? Where is it increasing? Where is it decreasing? Can I break it by product category? Can I break it by by geography? All your answers, all your insights are in one place. And this happens literally on your day one. As time passes, we, we can add on more complexity to what we want to understand. We can get into deeper insights. We can start building predictive capability. You can start recommending the actions to be taken by building a specific application. How do I analyze what promotions are working, which algorithm should run in the back end? How do I recommend a promotion which has never happened in the past, which is a more of a prescriptive part? These kind of capabilities can be built on codex within a span of around three to four weeks. If you compare this to a traditional services route, you might take a minimum of three months to get to, get to this stage. Now the key here also is customization. Now, uh, when you take the solution from one market to another market, they will want some small change. In my market, this KPI is not so important. Can I understand how this is working out? It's as simple as dragging one KPI out and putting a different KPI in. Certain data complexities will require you to go for advanced algorithm, and our modular approach will help, will be, will enable us to just plug in a new algorithm without modifying anything to my existing solution architecture. So combination of these things have helped us get get value to our business much faster. One example I want to call out is we built a solution to one of our customer around uh, the promotion uh, optimization and once this was deployed, it was running successfully for almost three to four months. And internally we built a new feature on Codex called Milerva which is a conversational AI. Feature helps companies to ask questions in English and they get answers instead of writing a code. For example, if you want to understand which are my most profitable stores in the last three weeks, this converts into a query in the backend, runs the analysis, and the code screen displays the right output. This important feature we were able to integrate in a matter of days on top of existing solution without having to change anything in the backend solution. So this is the advantage of Codex and this is why a lot of our customers like how it can be integrated seamlessly with their existing process.
1: I gotta imagine there's a ton of AI behind that for that to happen at that speed, that pace. And then for somebody to be able to type in what they want and get the output so fast, right? Also, the fact that you're shortening the time frame from three months to three weeks, absolutely phenomenal. Like having been a CPG practitioner all my life in, some of the large, largest brands of the world, my pet peeve was always to get output. You start with a minimum of three months to have anything that you touch. You're talking about three weeks in the application of AI. I mean, listening to you speak, the actual real life application of AI in an outcome was so clear. You know, AI tends to be a buzzword in the industry, but here we have an example of an actual application. Let me remind our audience that we are speaking today with Prajwal from Math Company. And Silvana from Carlsberg Group.
0: So, Silvana, I've got a two part question for you. The first one is clearly in the work you've done as a revenue growth management director, would love to know what are some of the pertinent challenges that organizations and consumer goods face in achieving revenue growth? And then you've probably also had exposure to a suite, quite you know, almost a plethora of different solutions that are in the industry. Why aren't so many of them really able to address these challenges that you identify?
2: Thanks, Peter. On the business sides, these are low category growth, a lack of understanding of which levers are working and which are not working, as well as implementation of a well-integrated omnichannel strategy. However, let me focus more on the operational technology side since this is the topic of today's discussion. In my mind, the reason why a lot of existing solutions aren't able to address the challenge of achieving revenue growth are that they either they're not meeting a real opportunity or the organization relies 100% on a technology partner solution. So we get sold on a solution that looks good and other CPG companies are using, but it's hard to adopt it internally. And there's misalignment with business processes that's the one reason the second reason is data consolidation so too many solutions work independently and are done very much in silos and also a lot of the technology solutions are very disjoint or working in silos so you're running different systems independently being a tpm customer contract management etc and also the old solutions were very much system-based and clunky and we expected them to do everything So a couple of years ago, I asked our markets in Asia on their single biggest challenge to move faster with RGM. And the same message came back across all markets. We don't have data or we have the data, but it's very fragmented. Analyzing it is very slow or too cumbersome. We knew that the lack of data and the ability to process data will continue to slow us down unless we stepped up data and analytics to be able to get faster to insights and decision making. I also knew that we would never be in a perfect data availability position to start, so we got going with what we had. So two years ago, we started building the Carlsberg Analytics platform to help us with the data consolidation challenge. We went through a rigorous prioritization process as one of the challenges of investing in data analytics and technology in general is that it's very hard to make the direct link between the investment and top line revenue growth. So we started with Excel-based solutions containing step-by-step analysis to get to a desired outcome. With BPPC, this was about having the right brand in the right pack at the right price point in the right channel or geography. We made sure that all opportunities were sized, and this was a step in the process. And this helped convince the leadership team in markets and in the organization that there was value to be gained. I'll give you an example with our team in China. They took about two months to complete the analysis for all the regions in China. And we knew that we had to automate this. So, this is how we linked business process capability and technology. On the system side, we realized that we can't rely on the system to deliver the analytics we need. We, and don't get me wrong, there's a time and place for systems. You can't run 25,000 contracts in Excel. But we had big expectations, which the systems can't deliver. We need a more agile layer on top of to interconnect the data from these systems and perform the analysis to drive decisions like driving the right assortment mix with customers, for example, and to execute it in trade.
1: Again, I loved, Silvana, that you came back and said, RGM, right assortment, right place, right channel, right time, right price. Beautiful articulation. So Prajwal, this one's for you, and I'm gonna continue our conversation about Codex, because clearly Codex is one of your backbones here, which of course, is a proprietary AI ML platform that just doesn't focus on like business challenges, but we've also chatted a little bit about organizational or operational gaps that exist today. Shed some light on how Codex can help bridge the gaps there.
3: One of the most common uh, concern or a complaint that our customers raise to us is uh, change management. While there are so many advanced product solutions available how do I integrate that into my existing business? How do I make my people adapt to a new technology, to a new product? I have to go through months of training, months of integration, and then six months down the line, there will be a new product in the market. So companies have been averse to change. A lot of companies are still stuck in old technology. They don't want to change because of the change management burden. We were very clear that when we do a application builder like Codex, we did not want this to come in the way of us adding business value. A lot of aspects on how we have built Codex accounts for this. Today, take a couple of examples, the tech stack. Within a particular organization, different teams use different technologies. Some use Power BI, some use Click, some use React for front-end application for the same processing. Now, this limits their ability to connect with each other, talk to each other, and take common decision. But also as an organization, the top management loses the ability to understand what's happening across the company. Our product codecs can integrate with any technology that companies already have. No matter if you have Tableau or Power BI or Click, we can use that front-end and integrate in our product. If the company does not have any BI capability, we can use our own in-house, which is more of an open source technology that we have leveraged to build the front-end application. Another important aspect which which companies miss out is the importance of people in the entire decision-making. You can have the right product, the right strategy, but if people are not going to be consistent, you will not be able to derive the best value. And in big companies, we know that people move across functions, people change roles, and they start focusing on different set of things. When people move, a lot of the traditional knowledge on decisions and the why behind the decisions are lost. We wanted to make sure this is something that we don't lose as information. So Codex will ensure that all the decisions, the reason behind the decisions is locked. And when a new user comes in, the amount of time that they need to go through for training is very, very minimal. A simple example I can give you is how price negotiation works when you are trying to do some contract terms with your retailers. Usually the the negotiators get some range and they have flexibility to go beyond it but everyone does it in their own style. With the application that can be built on codex, we can create clear guidelines that everyone can follow for different different scenarios. Depending on the strategic importance of the retailer, we can have varying guidelines which are dynamic. Again, that's a function of how much business we are getting. So this has ensured that even when some of the people movement happen, it is not really impacting our mission uh, critical decisions. The third important aspect I want to cover also is Inconsistent attribution and inconsistent measurement. We have seen so many customers who complain that the marketing team is saying that contribution is 6%, operations team is saying that contribution is only 2%, and every team has its own logic on how they're calculating, and there's no standard way. So for people who are trying to make a move, they be like, who do I believe? Which data is accurate? Which approach is right? A lot of this can be avoided if there is some consistency that we bring in in terms of how do you analyze and how do you measure and what data do you use in the first place. So Codex addresses this problem also by ensuring that different stakeholders in the company, while they see different views and different analysis, the data in the backend is consistent, the measurement approach is consistent and the success KPS are consistent. This ensures that companies talk similar language and are able to get to the bottom of problem much sooner than later.
0: Wow, I like that. Speaking the common language to be able to solve problems. I think that hits it right on the head, Prajwal. Well, hey, Silvana, I would love from your perspective to understand some examples of where you've leveraged the Codex solution around revenue growth management applications to really help improve your, your brand's margin growth.
2: Carlsberg operates in 35 different markets across three regions, and uh, we are not as centralized as some of the other CPG companies. So our data is very fragmented with very different data sources. The benefit of working with Mathco is that they recognize these differences and are able to work and structure our data in a way that's very workable. At the same time, we look for scalable solutions, and this is where the codex applications are very suitable. The modular approach to RGM is very useful as we're able to prioritize which markets will benefit the most from a price promotions optimizations, where we need to build price capabilities, and where we need to drive assortment and distribution. And the fourth benefit is that we get to pilot for four to six weeks before we scale a solution. Another benefit that we have seen is everything is done on Carlsberg technology, so we're not buying into a product, but a solution, which really works for us.
1: Thank you, Silvana, for that. Prajwal today has been a lot about RGM, which clearly AI has a huge role to play. Go forward for any brand, anywhere, small company, large company, Fortune 500, whatever the case might be from a RGM perspective. Right. So let's get your macro viewpoint on the math company's approach to tackling this RGM space effectively with AI.
3: Sure, Sri. I think you also emphasize on this point a couple of times RGM should be seen as a capability. RGM should be driving a lot of decisions. And it has to happen. It can't happen in isolation. It has to happen uh, holistically. So we believe that for companies, it's very important, one, to integrate different capabilities and decisions under RGM, but also have the right definition and scope. Uh, We have seen different companies have different definition of RGM. What falls under RGM, what doesn't. What can really drive growth? What can drive margin? There's so much confusion about about this that they tend to miss the core aspect of growth levers. So what we do is we start the definition from what are our growth levers in our control? What are the things that I can play around with to enable revenue growth in our organization? And this becomes the scope for the RGM function like we wanna call out. What this also helps us is prioritize and create a long roadmap we believe that when it is important to consider this holistically you cannot move the needle across all the 20 different capabilities under rgm you have to know what moves the needle how much you have to know what are your quick wins versus what will take long term uh, what will take long time there are brand penetrations there are brand strategies which have to align with our rgm outcomes so taking all the functions together and making sure that the decisions we are taking are, in li- are aligned with the overall company object is very, very important. We have seen a lot of cases where some of the promotion, some of the decisions are overlapping with each other. This again due to lack of visibility into what happens and who is taking what decision. We hope to centralize a lot of this decision so that the right audience has the right visibility into important decision and they can start, stop, pause some of this decision and ensure that we are not hampering our own strategies. Traditionally, there have been questions around, should marketing be part of RGM? It does not directly contribute, but we all know how much marketing is important and how it adds value from a revenue standpoint. This is again a very important decision that companies need to take on how they look at RGM versus how they look at marketing. Can it be integrated and make it part of our overall decision-making or should I look at it separately? We believe that any decision you take in marketing has to account for some decisions already being taken in RGM and it cannot be done in isolation also believe that getting a top-down mandate is very, very important. We have tried working with individual markets, trying to convince them about RGM, trying to convince them about long-term capability. But we have found success when we are able to identify and work with people like Silvana, who look at it holistically across market and across capability. It is far more easier and efficient to work with the central leadership, define the right strategy, define the right priority and execute to it, than trying to solve the puzzle in multiple pieces in isolation. So this is the approach that we have taken. Uh, We are constantly augmenting our RGM suite with newer and newer applications, depending on how times are changing and how new things have to be integrated. And we hope to continue focusing on RGM and take it to more and more customers. I want
0: to remind our audience that To stay in touch with this community, certainly go to cpgguys.com. You can find all our content available there. Certainly follow us on LinkedIn, as I mentioned. When you get to our page on LinkedIn, click the blue follow button. You'll be privy to all the content and conversations we're having. doesn't cost anything, so very affordable by everyone, I would imagine. And, of course, if you think you have something to contribute to this conversation we're having, Please drop us a line at contact at cpgguys.com, and maybe you can join us for a future episode helping to educate what we think is a growing and powerful community of CPG, retail, omni-channel analytics, and e-commerce practitioners. We're very excited about this, and we want you to be part of the journey, so please do join us. Uh, I want to thank both Prajwal and Silvana for appearing on the podcast today. We're going to put in the digital liner notes of this episode links to your companies, Math Company, the Codex Solution, the Carlsberg Group, and of course, the LinkedIn profiles of Silvana and Prajwal. But Silvana, Prajwal, thank you so much for joining. This was a really great conversation around the importance, particularly around revenue growth management and the tools that will enable companies to maximize their profitability long term. Thank you.
2: Thanks so much, Peter and Sri. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Peter.
0: Thank you, Shri. Had a wonderful time. Thanks for the conversation. So, Shri, uh, a couple of takeaways for me: don't build solutions in silos; it makes them hard to work together. I heard that pretty loud and clear. Another thing is don't have solutions that are not aligned to the business process of your companies. Don't try to fit a square peg into a round hole. You're going to just get frustrated. What did you get out of our conversation today?
1: My day was made when up, up top of the show, we already discussed RGM is like the backbone for things that are taking place in our industry right now, right? There's another one, AI tends to largely be a buzzword and most business people don't know what to do with it. We kind of decomposed it here today directly into an actual downstream outcome called RGM, right? And the way you can drive that. To me, I'm dealing with this every single day and it's a beautiful combo.
0: Couldn't agree more, Sri. Uh, Thank you, and as always, really happy that you joined us for this episode. To our audience, as always, we love having you on board and look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye.